Hello, church family. Today we're going to look at Acts chapter 24 from basically the whole chapter. And I think the overarching theme of this particular chapter is that um, sometimes people can be presented with truth and uh, can still reject the, the, the faith. Um, so there are times when we are sharing the gospel with people that are, you know, that we can answer all their theological questions, we can answer all their scientific questions, we can uh, break down all the presuppositions, but at the end, they, they can still reject truth. And that's what's going on here. Paul here is before Felix. Uh, we, you remember how in the last uh, chapter, Paul was providentially moved to this place because the Jews wanted to kill him, and he gets, uh, he gets basically divine providence where the Lord uh, protected Paul uh, from uh, Jews. Uh, the, Paul's nephew came and was able to share uh, the news that uh, the Jews wanted to, uh, to kill Paul. And uh, Paul was moved. Uh, he was protected even by a whole army of people uh, to go out. And when he got there, uh, he, uh, he was basically kept in Herod's praetorium at the end of chapter 23, and he was protected. Uh, and he's basically going to go on trial here. And that's how this is, the, the I guess, the, what the context is of this particular portion right now. This is Paul's, I think, third of his six trials that he's going to go through. And each time he gets an opportunity, he's going to try to share the gospel with, him, uh, with whoever he's with and those that are listening. And I hope that as we think about this, that we want to, we want to have the boldness of Paul and that whenever we share the gospel with someone uh, or opportunity that the Lord has given us, that we go and do it. But also understand that not everyone is going to receive Christ uh, just because um, we have an opportunity to do so. But uh, for us, we know that this is our responsibility as Christians to evangelize uh, to those that do not know Christ. So let's look at this, chapter 24, verse 1. After five days, a high priest Ananias came down with some elders with an attorney named <coughs> Tertullius, and they brought charges to the governor against Paul. Uh, this is uh, the, this is their way to try to get, uh, you know, basically a charge against him. Um, this guy, Tertullius, he probably was like a really good lawyer. Uh, he knew probably the, the Roman law well enough to be able to um, you know, making uh, a case against a Paul, at least that's what they thought. Uh, so they brought the best to, uh, to go and do this. Um, we already know about Ananias from before. He was this corrupt leader that struck Paul in the face, or he he got someone to punch Paul in the face. Um, and the, you know, now he, they're all making this charge against Paul. Understand that these religious people are not doing this because they are trying to preserve some religious. Uh, the purity of Judaism. These people at this point are, are protecting their own authority and power. They don't care about the Bible. They don't care about Scripture. They don't care about the Old Testament. They don't care about God. The only thing that is so offensive to them about Paul is that when Paul is sharing the gospel, then they lose influence and power in the world. Uh, they particularly don't like the fact that the, the Gentiles are being saved and that um, they are going to be grafted into God's promise that offends the, uh, the Jews. And now they're doing their best to go against Paul for that same reason. Verse 2, after Paul had been summoned, Tertullus began to accuse him, saying to the governor, Since we have through, since we have through your attain much peace, uh, we have through you attained much peace, and since by your providence reforms we are being carried out for this nation. Now this is obviously just flattery here. Uh, the Jews hated Roman law. They never saw the Pax Romana as some sort of peace. Rather, they saw it as um, as like an oppression. You know, they didn't. They they were not fans of the Romans. 
rule. Uh, they uh, really a lot of ways they would only use their political. They'll they'll only say these nice things for for political expediency, right? If you remember when Jesus was uh, in tri- when he was tried, they said we have no other uh, king but Caesar. But behind their back, they hated. Uh, the uh, Caesar. They didn't like the fact that the Romans controlled everything and that they dictated their temples and had to pay all these taxes. They despise the Romans. So they said all this really just trying to, you know, flatter the uh, Felix here. Verse 3, we acknowledge that this is, uh, in, we, we acknowledge this in every way and everywhere most excellent Felix with all thankfulness. Again, this is just all just fluff and uh, flattery to try to uh, get Felix to uh, you know, sentence Paul to death. But that I may not weary you any further, I beg you to grant us by your kindness a brief hearing. For we have found this man a real pest. And this is, again, they, they, they did not like Paul. I mean, they call him using derogatory words. It's just try to get him to, you know, to show them that, like, hey, we don't like this guy. He even calls him a pest. Like, it's basically saying this guy is like a creature this a nuisance like we how we would consider like bugs in the house that's how he they view paul and a fellow who stirs up dissension among all the jews throughout the world and a ringleader of the sect of the nazarene so um they're trying to accuse paul but paul didn't do anything wrong in the sense of legal sense they may not like it in terms of the religious side uh, but they're saying that he's just this a, a ringleader which is i thought was an interesting translation like basically the one that starts everything the one that is a charge the leader and the, the sect of nazareth so this is the someone that followed jesus christ he's saying that these are guys and this is this is actually a faithful representation and that he, uh paul was uh starring dissension but wasn't in the sense that they were thinking the jews here trying to manipulate the language so that people would think that he's just causing like, riots in the entire place. But really, the only people that are, uh, are upset are the Jewish religious leaders here. Um, but Lysias, the commander, came along and with much violence took, uh, took him out of our hands, ordering his accuser to, become, to come before you. Now, obviously, this whole... Uh, actually, no, sorry, uh, verse 6. He even tried to desecrate the temple, and then we arrested him. And then there's this bracket here in the Nazareth. He said, we wanted to judge him according to our law, but Lysus, the commander, came along with much violence, took him out of our hands, ordering this accuser to come before you. So there's this middle portion that's bracket that's not in the original or the oldest manuscript. Um, but in this beginning part, verse 6, and he even tried to desecrate the temple, and then we arrested him. This part here is actually saying that... Um, uh, that Paul was like physically destroying the temple. Obviously, that wasn't the case, and um, it's not the case with Paul. The ending, the reason why they're, they're trying to do that is like so he's just causing so much disruption. But the re- reality wasn't that he's was po- causing problems with the physical building of the tr- uh, of the temple, but rather that the people were being converted to Christianity. Now, again, like I said, in the end of in the middle of verse six, to the beginning of verse eight, uh, there's this bracket portion, and I think this was here to really um, to give kind of a greater explanation of what what happened. Um, although I don't hold to the view that this is it was in the original, therefore I'm not going to explain too much of this. Uh, but when we go to the middle of verse 8, the story picks up. By examining him according, uh, as, by examining him uh, yourself, concerning all these matters, you will be able to ascertain the things which we accuse him. So, again, this is how that little bracket se- uh, section softens up the, the, the text because if you just read it as is from verse 6 to 8 it'll say and he even tried to desecrate the temple and then we arrested him by examining him 
the, the who's the him here, and I think the, um, the, the, the debate here, why this bracket is section here, is to explain that the him is this Lysias, um, because if it's not there, you would think that, he, uh, that they, he's telling Felix to question Paul. But I don't think that's uh, the reason. I think I, I do think that he's uh, is speaking of Lysias, and you don't really need this bracket section, because in verse twenty four later said, but some days later Felix arrived with uh, Darius, his wife, who was a fellow uh, Jewess, and uh, sent for Paul and heard him speak about about. Uh, oh, sorry, verse twenty two. Uh, he said, but Felix, having a more exact knowledge about the way, put them off, saying, when Lysias the commander comes, I will decide your case. So. Even without the the middle section, I do think in the context of this whole chapter, um, I think we get the fact that uh, these Jews are telling him, hey, you need to go and talk with Lysias about this. And obviously Felix does do that. Verse 9, Jews also joined in the attack, asserting that these things were so. When the governor had nodded for him to speak, Paul responded, knowing that for many years you have been a judge to this nation, I cheerfully make my defense, since you can take Note of the fact that no more than 12 days ago, I went up to Jerusalem to worship. Now, the reason why I say this is because, like, look, I wasn't there that long. And most of the time there, I wasn't even in the temple. Because there was a, remember, he did the, the Nazarite vow. There was a purification process that took about almost a week. And then he did, um, and he was really there for a very short amount of time before all this happened. So, in other words, he's saying, like, this did not, this wasn't, like, happening for a long time but he's going out destroying the temple or anything like that he's just trying to explain the case to them uh paul's trying to explain uh everything that happened to him and even trying to make it sure that like all the facts are in line first time since you can't take the note the fact uh that no more than 12 days ago i went to jerusalem to worship neither in the temple nor in the synagogue nor in the city itself did they find me carrying on a discussion with anyone or causing a riot um, so for a time, the short time he was there, there was no evidence that he caused some sort of big ruckus. And that's what he was trying to get at. Verse 13, nor can they prove to you the charge of which they accuse, they now accuse me. But this I admit to you, that according to the way uh, which they call a sect, I do serve the God of our fathers, believing everything that is in accordance with the law that is written in the prophets. Having in a hope in God, which these men cherish themselves, they that there shall certainly be a resurrection of both the righteous and the dead. So, Paul here would acknowledge the fact that he did cause dissension, but it wasn't what they thought. Uh, he's trying to say that it is a religious matter. He, he, he would admit that he is serving the sect of Christianity, which is that what the, what the Jews accuse him of. They said that he was a follower of the Nazarene. Um, and the, and, but what the Jews miss out is that everything that is about the Nazarene is written in the law and the prophets are all connected. Um, and that there is going to be a resurrection of the dead. And this is, again, something the Jews were uh, de debated over. Some of the Jews uh, were for it and others were not. Uh, there were some Jews that believed, and uh, uh, if you remember a few weeks ago, or a few episodes ago, I said that there was a, the Sadducees and the Pharisees. Uh, they had this theological debate in front of Paul, and uh, the Sadducees did not believe in the supernatural or anything like that, but the Pharisees did. And the, really the issue is about the resurrection of the dead, because if... The resurrection did happen and, G and they, he saw Jesus that means that, that means that Jesus did indeed resurrect uh, so all of this is actually accurate uh, here uh, Paul is just explaining that yeah this part is true but everything else is not verse 17 after several years I came to you uh, bring uh, came to bring alms to my nation and to present offerings so this is again he's giving things to believers uh, in which they found me occupied in the temple having been purified without any power upward but there were some Jews from Asia who ought to have been 
present before you and to make accusation if they should have any against me. He's basically uh, telling them that, look, if there's anyone that have the right information, you should talk to them. If, they have any, if there's anyone that has a, a charge against me, it should be those people, not the Jews, because the Jews, the Jewish leaders here weren't there for that long. And they didn't really witness everything that he's done. Again, that's because early on when the Jews were you're causing confusion, this riot, they're just saying things, and there's all these um, misunderstandings of what, it, what, what actually went down. Verse 21, other than this, uh, sorry, uh, verse 20, or else these men themselves tell what misdeed they found when I stood before the council. Other than for this one statement, which I shouted out while standing among them, for the resurrection of the dead, I am on trial before you today. So again, he's just explained to him that the reason why he's under this trial, it's because of the theological issues. And in the Romans' mind, they actually don't care about these things. They don't, they're not, they, they, they allow, like, different sects, different sect and religious groups to have theological debates. Because governors in Rome did not want to be involved in those issues. And I think that's a good principle. You should never allow the government to dictate spiritual things. Um, because they don't know what the what the spiritual things are, and the moment that any religion gets politicized, the religion gets diluted, and that's exactly what Judaism became. It's this religious group that's merged with politics, and it became just almost like a political movement as opposed to the purity of it, which is to worship Yahweh, and that's what the Pharisee has become. Christianity, and the lesson for us is that we should never try to make Christian Christianity and politics into one thing. You, it is true that Christians should be involved in, in the public life, in the public sphere, and to have uh, um, theological discussions, that's that's all fine. But the moment where, the Christ, where Christianity and the politics merge into one thing, Christianity becomes weak, and it's no longer about the gospel, no longer about uh, believing in Jesus, rather it's about uh, political movements and agendas, which is not what Christianity is about. Um, so here, there's this little theological debate that the Romans didn't really care about in the first one, too. But Felix, having a more exact knowledge about the way, means he was somewhere, somehow aware of Christianity too, put them off saying, let Lysias the commander come down, I will decide your case. He was basically buying time for himself to figure out what's going on. Then he gave orders to the centurion for him to be kept in custody and yet have some freedom, not to prevent any of his friends from ministering to him. So this is where, you know, when Paul was in prison, this is actually how he was able to get people to help him. Uh, prison back then was not what you and I think. It's not like a, a room where no one could get to. Prison was, was like house arrest, and people can visit them. But the difference between then and now is that prison back then, the, the government was able to give food and you know, take care of the people and give them activities. Uh, back then, uh, prison was, you know, your, yeah, your house arrest, you're chained to a guard, but um, the only way that you can get be taken care of is, uh, if, is if people from the outside want to bring food into you. Um, that's why Christianity was stood out differently because when they were in jail, there were non-family members that are coming, I think strangers seemingly from the outside that are just giving uh, food and caring for them. There's this love that they were able to exp that they were able to witness. And Paul was very thankful. If you read his letters from Philippians and uh, especially in particular Philippians, there's all these people that are willing to care for Paul um, because they love him and and it was a, a powerful testimony to those that are um, that are watching and uh, and so you know the Christians took advantage of this and in fact we know that eventually Paul was able to minister to all the people in the Roman guard and people did get saved because they saw the love of Christ and Paul was basically started his prison ministry here verse 24 but some days later Felix arrived with Dursia his wife who was a uh, Jewess and sent for Paul and heard him speak about faith in Jesus Christ. 
because he was discussing the righteousness, the self self control, and the judgment of come. He was being frightened. Said, "Go away for the present, and I find, and when I find time, I will summon you." So the reason why this is here is because um, Felix was committing some sort of sin. Uh, it, you know, Paul was discussing all the righteousness and self control, and he was frightened because his conscience was convicted. Uh, Felix stole someone else's wife, and that's you know, um, you Drusilla. Know, that's his wife. It, it was someone that he. Um, he was a daughter. He was the youngest daughter of Agrippa, and Felix was third uh, wife. And um, apparently, he she was very beautiful, and uh, he took her away from her husband. And uh, his and commentaries say that she will, this lady was not even twenty years old. So Felix basically um, he took this young lady to be his wife. She stole him away from her husband, and Paul preaches about sin. He gets convicted by it. And what he does, what Felix does, is he decides to um, uh, silence Paul. And what he does is just tell him to get, uh, get away from him. Um, and this, again, is the natural reaction of all sinners. I don't know if you've ever confronted anyone on sin. That's why I think sometimes people don't want to be confronted on sins, because they don't want their sin to be exposed. Um, as, as a Christian, it doesn't matter. You should not care so much about what other people feel. Um, because if it's truth, it's truth. And if it convicts and hurts other people, if it pricks their conscience, that's a good thing. Don't think that just because a Christian, um, it's just just because you're a Christian that you're not supposed to offend people. You should be offending people with truth. And if it and if you know if they're living in sin, uh, then you know, you should go and, and preach the truth so that people can uh, know their sin and hopefully they can repent. Felix here became frightened because he knew that his sin was was being exposed. It is interesting that he is aware of Christianity, but he doesn't want to give up his own sin. Now, just understand, whenever you share the gospel, it can, can, can be very clear to them. You can lay out every single sin that is in a person's life. You can tell them about how they are mistreating their spouse or how they're not um, being good steward with their money or how lazy they are. And you can even show them to their face about every area where they uh, messed up in their life. And yet they can, their heart can still be hardened to truth and don't be surprised by that don't be surprised or discouraged when people choose to not listen to you this is just a normal reaction from sinners felix here had just that exact same thing he heard paul one of the greatest theologians uh, and yet he instead of repenting and turning his faith into jesus casted paul away verse 26 at the same time too he was hope he was uh hoping that money would be given him by Paul, therefore he also used to send for him quite often and converse with him. Uh, the uh, Roman law prohibited people from taking bribes, but yet it still happened here. And um, he was, he wanted uh, uh, essentially what this uh, Felix wanted. He wanted a bribe. He didn't want justice. Verse 27, but after two years had passed, Felix had succeeded by Porcius Festus and wishing to do Jews a favor, Felix left Paul imprisoned. So uh, this ends with uh, Felix leaving his uh, his post, and yet he gets he, he doesn't want to you know offend uh, the Jews. Uh, I don't think he's trying to do this to protect Paul. I think he really just doesn't want to offend the Jews here because that's what the text is saying. Uh, so he decided to leave Paul in prison. But yet, what he thought, uh, you know, Felix thinking that okay, I don't, if I keep him in prison, I don't have to be confronted with sin. What he doesn't realize is that what Paul said, the gospel cannot be bound. It, can, it will always go out, even though it's, even though he, the vessel of the gospel, is trapped in prison. The gospel will always spread, and is not. Um, it cannot be trapped inside of prison. 
But yet, we know in our life that there are going to be people who we love and care about, who's going to sh- that we can share the gospel to. And if their hearts are hardened to the gospel, they may not be able to receive it, even if the gospel is super clear to them. And I hope that this would be an encouragement to you, that when you share the gospel, don't be surprised when people deny the message. And it's not that they don't like you. They, that's, that might be true. Hopefully you're not obnoxious about sharing the gospel. But why they don't want to reject why they reject the message that you're saying is because they ultimately reject Jesus Christ. and But yet our job is just to keep preaching and teaching. Because remember, Paul here was in prison, yet he still preached and even got the audience of the person who was imprisoning him. And that person, didn't Felix, did not uh, receive Christ, even though he's heard the gospel. And it's like it were two years. So yeah, I'm sure Felix heard the gospel multiple times. And even though he had multiple opportunities to receive, he did not believe. Uh, so that's the message for today. That's a little Devo here. Hope that this was helpful to you. Take care and have a great day.